After working for over 15 years in healthcare management, our next guest has experienced the frustrating inertia and exciting breakthroughs that impact the healthcare industry. Now, he's engaging with thousands through his podcast community to promote innovation and collaboration for a better healthcare industry. Peter Birch, CEO of Talking Health Tech, joins us to discuss his passion and mission for his podcast and membership community dedicated to connecting others to advance healthcare technology in Australia and beyond. Join us as we learn more about Peter's commitment to moving healthcare innovation forward through timely conversations and community collaboration. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Pete, from one podcaster on the other side of the planet to another, welcome to our podcast, my friend. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. It's great to be here. Well, due to your passion and commitment to move healthcare innovation forward in Australia and beyond through collaboration and community, I am personally fired up for this conversation, given I love all of this as well for myself here in Denver. But of course, Pete, before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Pete. It's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Talking Health Tech team have built a podcast and membership community featuring doctors, developers, and decision makers looking to learn and connect about the use of technology in healthcare. But first, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? You know, I've thought about it. My bit of advice is don't be a jerk. There's, there's so many good ideas and good opportunities out there that egos get in the way, profit gets in the way, and the system gets in the way, and it flies in the face of the reason that we're all in healthcare, which is to improve patient outcomes and improve the efficiency of the system. So don't be a jerk is my advice. Pete, I love it. So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I like to break things, move fast. I'm not a big, like... Let's put a bunch of policies in place. Let's put a bunch of, you know, meetings to have meetings in place. I just have never operated that way. I, my mind doesn't work like that. But there is one major policy that I have, and I can't stand it when people break it. It's the no asshole policy. Just don't be an asshole. Don't be a jerk. There's no reason for it. I, it's unbelievable. Just check that at the door. We're all in this together. This is a tough industry, no matter where you're at on the planet, whether where you're at based in Australia or here for myself in Colorado and the US, it's a tough industry. No reason to be yeah. a jerk. Have you always had that mindset, no matter, you know, with your podcast or your business, have you always carried yourself with that mindset? Yeah, I think so. And what's interesting is that when you've carried that mindset with you when you're really early in your career, unless you're a jerk yourself, not to keep using the term, but if you haven't got the runs on the board or you haven't demonstrated your capability, having that 
attitude really early in your career can ruffle a lot of feathers and probably not bode you very well. So I've learned that to be able to actually affect change and try and bring that mindset into everything I do, first you need to kind of play the game and demonstrate and actually build the credibility by getting results and do things and get things done however you need to get them done with that vision in mind of trying to cut out some of the things that don't need to be there, simplifying where possible and trying to increase that bit in the middle of the Venn diagram for everybody because there's a lot of middle there that you know we all seem to be a little bit blind spotted to. So I think now I can say those things a little bit more now because I've kind of built that time and got a bit more gray hair and whatnot and there's less at risk in that respect. But um, I encourage everyone to think the same too. I couldn't agree more, Pete. And way to tee this conversation up. There's a lot to cover today. And I'm really looking forward to diving in the wonderful work that you've been leading down in Australia with your community and beyond and how we can all continue to work together to move health tech and innovation forward for our industry, no matter where you're at on the planet. Can't wait to unpack all of this and more after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Pete Burge, CEO of Talking Health Tech. Pete, this has been a long time coming. I've been a big fan of yours for a number of years. You know, this podcast community, it's growing. You know, a health podcast, I'd say it's yeah. growing. There's still a lot of runway in front of all of us as podcasters, just like with anything in healthcare. Everything is, you know, podcasting is behind in healthcare and that's okay, right? I mean, there's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of runway in front of us. I love what podcasting has been doing for our industry. And with that, it's been awesome to learn from you and follow your journey. We're both big fans of Dan Kendall and the Health Podcast Network, which are both a part of, which is fun. So we're gonna have a lot to discuss today because, you know, I'm a huge believer, huge believer that innovation is occurring around the entire globe that we can all learn from, that we can all help adopt. And different communities are working on different things. Different ecosystems are discovering different ways to move healthcare forward. And so really looking forward to hearing what's happening down in the Australian innovation ecosystem, where things are heading, of course. What we should be mindful of here in the U.S. is, as you know, before we started recording, Peter told you, bulk of our audience here is stateside. But what are those things happening down in Australia that our leaders and our communities rally around this podcast can be mindful of, should be thinking about having on their radar? Of course, how we can be helping you out and all that good stuff, how we can get a hold of you. We're going to unpack all of that in a moment. But Pete, I got to ask, because I love to hear it. How did Talking Health Tech come to be in the first place? You're now a little over three years old. Congrats. Yeah, I know, at least for myself, getting past episode 100 was a big deal. 
I know you're well beyond that, a little over three years old. How did Talking Health Tech, the podcast, the community, how did it all come together in the first place? Yeah, sure. Look, I'm getting past episode five for many podcasts is a big deal. So, you know, no little joke. steps along the way, that's pretty genuine. So to how Talking Health Tech came to be, it's great that you mentioned the Health Podcast Network with Dan Kendall as well, because it started with me listening to shows on that platform with Dr. James Somaru from the Health Tech Podcast. It was called something else back then. And then, of course, Dan's podcast as well. So listening through and getting inspiration, I remember traveling around working for a health tech organization at the time. Personally, myself, I've worked within the industry more broadly of healthcare delivery in general management and operations and the finance side, the business elements of healthcare. But I really loved and been passionate about bringing together the clinical side and working with really intelligent clinicians, nurses, doctors, allied health professionals who bring some excellent perspectives, but then trying to commercialize these solutions, which in the end provide better patient outcomes. There's this interesting kind of dynamic. Sometimes many people see it. It's one or the other. How can we bring those two things together? So I've worked within the space for a long time, listening to the podcast. I'm like, this is really good. And I'm enjoying hearing about different vendors and policymakers and everything, but it was, it was all happening in the UK and the US and here in Australia, pretty similar, but different in terms of the healthcare system. We've got our own little kind of special, Australia, New Zealand, let's include New Zealand because often New Zealand get lugged. They're kind of like the Canada of US. You kind of just like, you know, tack them onto that because it's kind of the same, but they're better, but we secretly don't tell them that. But anyway, so the Australian and New Zealand podcast scene, there's not, there was nothing like in terms of media for healthcare and particularly this niche area of health tech and me working in the space. I know, Hey, look, I know some really switched on guys here operating like Tim Blake. And I know a lot of good operators like Sylvia, who's doing CoView, which is a telehealth platform. And back in 20 started long before COVID doing it well before it was cool and slugging out, had some great stories and perspectives, really smart people that I've had conversations with having coffee and, you know, trying to integrate our system into theirs and partnership, you know, discussions. And these are the kind of challenges we have. But I noticed every conversation was kind of just me with someone else. And I'm like, surely this conversation's happened a lot of times before. Wouldn't it be great if we could kind of build on these ideas and collaborate and build partnerships to try and solve some of these problems a bit more effectively rather than just this top-down approach? So starting the podcast, I thought, hey, it's a nice way to get in some of these people who give perspectives. You know, really early on the piece, we brought on Graeme Grieve, the father of the fire standard. And, you know, he came in for episode four or something like that. So had some good buy-in early on. And started building just this following here in Australia. I think the need was there for hearing from vendors, people creating good solutions and their perspectives. And it became more and more my focus. So doing it on the side whilst managing health tech businesses, again, getting a good understanding of what the challenges are on the ground. But I had the ability then to have a platform to be able to talk about those and try and solve them, not, not for me, but for the broader industry overall. So that was the early days of the podcast. And so let's build, build on that a little bit, Pete. So it's exciting to hear that you saw the need in the marketplace, like you said, and New Zealand needing it as well. You know, what I also saw through my journey on all of this was this burgeoning opportunity of innovation happening beyond the traditional, like, oh, it's Silicon Valley. These are where all the startups are being born or New York City or these epicenters because it was starting to become so democratized with, you know, Moore's Law, technology, innovation becoming so much more affordable and you're starting to see pockets of innovation happening all over the globe. Did you guys see that within Australia as well? Younger minds, entrepreneurs, you know, people that grew up with coding and smartphones and all of that. Did you see that being a part of the success of the Australian health tech ecosystem and that you wanted to help tell that story as well? Yeah, in a way. And I remember 
when starting the podcast, a lot of the positioning was around the fact that, you know, how we say that healthcare is often quite behind other industries. Back in the day, we used to say Australia is quite behind when it comes to healthcare, Australia is quite behind other countries like the US and UK. So when you're, you know, operating in the Australian health tech scene, to see what's happening in the future, you kind of just used to look at what's happening in the US or UK and it's like, well, we'll be there in a couple more years. Whereas nowadays, I don't think that's as much the case. I think there's been platforms like And Health and MedTech Actuator and, and more of a focus on these accelerators and incubators and commercial support for these innovative solutions. I'd love to see more from a bigger policy government perspective in terms of retaining all of this really good talent that we get here in Australia. So you talk about those people coming through and becoming educated, they're coding either in the technical side or in the clinical side, and they come through our great universities and become highly qualified, then they go work somewhere else. They work in another country. And you look at the the funky diagrams that show where people kind of come from in some of these super intelligent areas. Often it's in Australia, but then they go off and work either again, because the opportunities to work are better in the US, the UK, or even in more emerging markets like India and China and whatnot, and also Israel and other parts of Middle East. So there's a lot of work to be done about, you know, funneling stuff back to Australia. However, in terms of startups coming through, investment coming into these, you know, early innovative organizations, we're seeing a lot of that right now. It's a really exciting time to be part of the industry. We're seeing, particularly though, I not to be the major focus of this conversation, but even in the, the fintech, medtech side of things or the payment side of health tech, we're quite forward thinking here in Australia in terms of financial services. So we're starting to see a little bit of that come into the fold there and some of these buy now, pay later type providers and other cool things are kind of folding in. So what I'm really loving is what was originally a podcast, which I personally came from the outpatient side of you know healthcare, that was my jam. And then the vendors around that and then the supporting services. Now on the podcast, we speak to hospital providers, a lot of global brands wanting to have a better visibility here in Australia. We cover more and more in terms of disability. I want to do more in terms of Indigenous health. We do a fair bit in terms of aged care. So there's a big, like technology kind of covers all of that in terms of healthcare and how to enable better care and how to better represent different parts of different communities, whether they're underrepresentation or marginalized. So there's a big role, I think, for something which we just started as a humble podcast to try and share some of the great things that organizations are doing to solve some of these tricky problems. I love it. I love it. And Pete, also, you know, talking health tech, it's not just a podcast. And that's what I love because I wanted to talk to you about this directly. So here we are. I also want to discuss this power of community, right? I'm a big, big fan of that. I built Catalyst Health Tech, a, you know, big industry integrator, healthcare innovation campus here in downtown Denver and love the power of community, what that can mean in regards to wielding opportunity to move healthcare forward by bringing innovators and clinicians or administrators together to start really thinking anew. I think it's absolutely powerful. I've seen the results of it firsthand right here at Catalyst. And so with that, you know, Pete, beyond the podcast itself, having these important conversations, what else is happening within the talking health tech community? I know I've seen summits or otherwise, what else is happening within the ecosystem? Yeah, sure thing. Look, again, starting as the podcast and trying to solve for that problem of improving collaboration and partnerships in the industry, it was effective and there was a good following. However, a podcast, as we know, is that one-way conversation, people listening to it, of course, with someone else. But then it was a natural progression. And what kind of happened with Talking Health Tech is, firstly, the first problem to solve was there was all these great you know, insights that were coming in. But then guests, which was good, guests were referencing previous guest conversation and 
we're talking about similar themes. But then if you wanted to kind of get a bigger picture understanding of how these themes have evolved over time, I was kind of thinking me and my kind of sorting things out, you know, kind of brain was like, how can we make sure a lot of this good information doesn't get kind of just like disappear into the ether of podcast land. So on the website, we built a glossary of health tech terms, which originally I thought might have, you know, 30 kind of key terms in it. Now we've got 300 and something terms and, and it grows. We've got someone within the team that that's their job basically to... It's going to keep growing. <laughs> it's oh, healthcare. Man. I'm sure it'll be a 3,000 <laughs> at some point here. <laughs> and it originally was acronyms and that's, you know, where people go and, you know, hey, what is this acronym for? But then it was, you know, people use the term lived experience and... It's okay if you don't know what a term means. And that's, you know, when working in the spaces where I've sat in plenty of meetings where, you know, back in the day talking about artificial intelligence and healthcare, and everyone goes, yeah, yeah. Half people didn't know. And it's okay not to know. And when we talk about blockchain and other kind of things, it's like, what is the core kind of, like, let's get a base understanding of it. But then not just any kind of Google definition, but how does that relate to healthcare? And for us at the moment, you know, how does that relate to the Australian healthcare scene? So there's a lot of terms on our website in the glossary that tied to that. But again, that's not so much community. That's just trying to get a better understanding of these conversations that had. But then a lot of these organizations and people who were part of it wanted to be associated with some of these terms and are solving for some of these problems. So we built a directory that companies can then you know, manage a listing and share some of their stuff a bit more on our platform. We're building a good following. So now companies can manage a directory listing on our website. They can post news events and jobs, and we then share that out for them, which is really good for not just for the startups that want to get a better following or, you know, they might be doing a round, but also for some of these larger organizations that find they've got the ability to write white papers and hold big events and everything, but there's no human conversations that happen, which, as you know, Mike, the power of a podcast to be able to have a human conversation and put in context all these great things that really big organizations are doing into something that's actually meaningful and impactful. So the website was there and that was good for companies, but it still wasn't hitting the nail on the head for me in terms of how we build this collaboration. So then we built the online community. And this is peak kind of COVID time when things were happening. We've got an online community for individuals. Often those people from the organizations who became company members could all be invited into this community platform that we have and also individuals too. And from the outset, I wanted to make sure that this community platform, because there's a lot of forums out there and we can all join free forums that often... You know, and it's good that these things are coming up, but sometimes it's just someone jumps on and then chucks up a link to their thing that they're building and or that they're trying to sell and see it as a marketing platform. But we built the culture very early on and had some early adopters and everything. And I'm having these conversations with them like, look, we want to build something that's meaningful and impactful and there's a place to sell stuff. And that's not really the community forum here. Here it's about building networks and partnerships and helping each other. And, you know, we've built up this community now of there's over 200 now people in I think it's actually over 300 I should probably check but there's a lot of people in the community who are helping each other we've got a get help section where we've got early stage vendors but also more established ones too so the early stage ones will be like hey we're going to be launching our beta this is what we're thinking have a look at our plan here and so there could be uh, consultants in there that are helping out there could be other vendors who've been further up the chain. There's people that have worked within the industry for 50 years, people jumping on and sharing their perspectives in the community. So yes, it's a paid membership, but I think that helps kind of be that entry point and people who are in it, their investment at helping each other. People give a little bit more than what they take from the community. And I think that's the thing that we set from the outset. And now that's become the heart of what we do at Talking Health Tech. And we're trying to look at how we can bring that more into everything we do online. And of course that you mentioned the summits too, that was the icing on the cake. And it's almost become like one of the core things for us now is our 
virtual summits. We do a quarterly summit. We follow the seasons. They're in Australia, so they're always confusing if you're on the other side. We've got the autumn summit coming up in March, but that's actually it's coming up in May. It was March last year. The summit's a full day virtual event. And again, I was kind of like, virtual is a great platform to do. You know, this is again in the middle of COVID. There's no in-person events. I love in-person events and they're great to catch up with people. But also there's a lot of power in doing virtual well and doing these events that are engaging. They're faster paced. It's not, you know, our virtual summits, they're all panel conversations. They're kind of like live podcasts with video on and there's usually three different perspectives and a moderator and they're like a podcast on steroids I say but there's good engagement from people who are watching live our members can attend our summits for free but what we found off the back of summits I've seen you know in the chat there's conversations of partnerships that are happening within the chat of a session that's going on so it's kind of a reason to bring everyone together in the community but happening live and giving perspectives we put things up on screen like it looks and feels like a an engaging fun thing to do and you can still be wearing pajama pants so it's all pretty I uh, think so. There's a lot more that we do in the community too, like regular workshops with members about really specific problems to solve. We've got a session on SEO for health tech companies, like really specific things that people want to solve for. And we bring in an SEO expert from the community to host a session. So lots of cool stuff happening. This is my full-time thing now. And we've got a team that supports it. So it was my side kind of thing that I do. And now it's a full-time gig. That's so awesome, Pete. That is so awesome. Obviously, you have no passion for this whatsoever. I mean, it's really boring, <laughs> obviously. I had to pause for a second. Otherwise, it's just going to become me rambling about it. I love it. I love No, this is great. One of the reasons why I wanted to get together, because what you're doing down there is so important in building this ecosystem through Australia, because we have to do this across the globe in order to move healthcare forward. So, Pete, I got a couple questions from that. So obviously you guys have been now doing this for a little over three years. You have filled a massive need and a massive void within the Australian ecosystem. And well, frankly, you've built it and you are kind of that center hub of a multi-spoked wheel, which is, you know, a very fortunate and humbling place to be, right? You have a lot of influence within that community. And I know you, you as well as I do, we take that very seriously. And so Pete, I set the stage with those comments to ask you this question, what have you seen over the past few years in regards to the shift in mindset, the willingness and ability of established healthcare executives to start looking at innovation, to start considering innovators and startups? Have you seen that mindset shifting within your ecosystem in Australia? Yes, in pockets. It's been great here in Australia. We've recently been able to attend a few more in-person events and I've got a meeting with one of the CTO, the chief technical officers of one of the big hospitals here in Western Sydney, where I'm not far from. And that's been one of the big roles of Talking Health Tech too, is connecting vendors and providers, big or small, with those that are providing healthcare services and those making decisions around the infrastructure around it. So pulling all those bits together, when it comes to those that are making the decisions, the executives that are kind of choosing to engage with more innovative providers or implement more innovative technology. So there's two buckets that we'll talk about here. The general practice outpatient side of things here in Australia, like your GPs, your primary care physicians operating their clinics, and then you've got the hospital side. And for the primary care clinicians, the GPs here in Australia, it's such a fascinating world to operate in where there's not a great deal of budget to fly around, but there's so many technology solutions out there, but not a great deal of desire from GPs to use lots of technology. So lots of people trying to solve problems, vying for a pretty small pie, but they're really passionate about solving the problem, probably because they've come from it. And that's where the space that I came from. I've seen it go from, we call them practice management systems, but I guess like the EMR for the GP clinic, 
a lot of the practice management systems here in Australia have gone from trying to be everything for everyone, going a thousand miles wide and two inches deep, to now consolidating, being like, this is what we're going to do really well is provide a solid platform that doesn't crash. And then we've got a partnership program to be able to plug in all these other bits and pieces, which is the other vendors that provide services. And we're still really early days with that because that makes a lot of sense in other industries. But here in Australia and in healthcare, I don't think we've hit the, you know, we've nailed it yet. There's a lot of work to do in terms of these partnership programs. I still see these practice management systems working out how it fits in with their business model if they make a business model around it or if they just enable it to allow others to provide so that then they can be more attractive to GPs. So that's pretty early. But in the end, what happens is a lot of vendors get so distracted with this whole process of, oh, how you know, we could connect this with that and do this with all this great technology. And we forget to actually ask the GPs what they want. And in the end, they don't want more stuff. They just want the things they've got to work better. And sometimes a lot of the problems to be solved aren't so much about the technology. It's not like we need new technology to be created. We need better infrastructure to be able to have you know better connectivity, or we need better rules around what's funded and what's not so that they can provide services and do that with confidence and build a team around them and run a profitable business while you know providing quality patient care. So that's a really interesting side of the, the coin. On the hospital side, you know, we're seeing some hospital health services like area health networks and just different groups of hospitals around Australia. Some of them are really open to partnering with other vendors to solve for problems. And then they're working out how they connect it with their EMR and, and they'll play ball with that and be really into partnering. And then you've got other hospital health services who are all in, in terms of building it all themselves. And they feel that they need to have control of everything and they'll hire developers and they're essentially building a technology company within their hospital group so that they can have their own teams for their own little apps that they build. And I don't know what the right answer is. I I much prefer the solution of partnering and being able to connect with other vendors in the space. I think that a hospital group can be a, a good hospital group, but then if they're trying to be a technology company, that's a very different vehicle to drive. But I can see why you would go down that path. And I've probably oversimplified that conversation a lot, but I'm all for trying to encourage others to find opportunities for partnership, particularly in that more complicated, they're all complicated, but in that particularly complicated space of hospital public healthcare service. Yeah, right there with you. Absolutely. It's incredibly important. And the problems are so massive. The need is everywhere within this industry. So partnering is, from my perspective, in order to achieve success is almost an an inevitability. So at least that's the mindset I carry. So glad you highlighted that, Pete. So now I want to turn the focus a little bit before we start talking about kind of future state of where you see things heading for your ecosystem and how it's going to make, you know, impact in other communities, like say in the U.S. or Canada or elsewhere, U.K. Otherwise, I'm going to give you a quick fire round. Name one to three different pieces that are making your guys' ecosystem unique, special, differentiated, whether it be blockchain, fintech, AI. What are those one to three pieces that are really making the Australian health tech ecosystem unique and very powerful and for us to be mindful of across the globe? I've seen some really good virtual care providers here in Australia. The telehealth platforms that integrate with practice management systems obviously had a lot of airtime in recent years through COVID. There's some really interesting AI technology coming out of Australia as well. Some of these providers like Harrison AI and Annalise AI, who are creating different solutions for different areas of healthcare, whether it's radiology or fertility. I know Presigen AI, it's like you've got to put AI at the end of it so people know that it's an AI solution, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, yeah, there, and it's a good URL. But the uh, so Presigen doing a lot of work in that space about 
trying to, again, in the facility space, but also making broader data sets of information available for other AI providers to get better data. So there's some really interesting stuff happening in that space. So again, artificial intelligence and machine learning, particularly in Australia, is really interesting space. And there'll be some cool providers coming out of here that will make an impact globally. I'm really excited about these. Uh, My last one is about patient engagement. And that's a broad topic, but uh, specifically some of these providers that are democratizing healthcare from a patient, taking a very patient centric approach towards things. And you got to be brave doing that here in Australia. And I guess anywhere, because there's been many who've tried before and have been burnt severely or, you know, have been not accepted by the industry in adverted commas, probably because they've taken the wrong approach to it in terms of trying to solve for problems and ignore all the existing healthcare bits and pieces that are happening. So, you know, for example, an app that might enable a patient to just click a button and speak to a clinician about something or chat with them and provide asynchronous healthcare or something and do that under a subscription and, you know, so outside of Medicare and providing their own service. And we're starting to see like the cogs turn a little bit more in relation to that because there's more money being invested into these platforms. There's, I think, through after COVID, a different mindset and there's more of a patient demand coming for this kind of thing. So years ago here in Australia, there used to be this, and there still is, but less so that the argument between how much healthcare can be delivered in a GP practice versus how much healthcare a pharmacist should provide. And so a lot of GPs were up in arms here in Australia about pharmacies being able to vaccinate patients for the flu. And then all of a sudden they're providing consults at a, at a front of like triaging patients. And the GPs were like, Hey, whoa, like what's going on? You're not providing services just, just to sell medicine, but there's so much more that a pharmacist wants to do. And you think about it, it's because that's where a patient wants to go. A consumer wants to go. They're driving the demand. The pharmacist sure providing a model for it, but if the patients, if the consumers didn't go, then it wouldn't be a model in the first place. So that's what's going to dictate what's going to happen. You can't fight that with regulation and everything. It'll get to a tipping point where it just needs to change anyway. So I see this a similar thing happening in the space where consumers will be able to receive healthcare through an app or through a service that, yes, it will somehow connect nicely to the broader healthcare ecosystem. And I think the switched on vendors here in Australia that are doing that are also engaging with the healthcare system now too. So it's interesting to see that dynamic where the College of GPs who had a very negative view towards some of these vendors, they're slightly shifting towards, well, let's talk about this more. What does that look like? And a lot of it is happening because these platforms are hiring GPs who are from the system who left it, who everyone thinks that they're the ones that are complaining about, and they're coming to work for these you know, vendors. So it'll shift. And I find that really fascinating to watch. Yeah, it really is. It's an exciting time and seen a lot of that over here as well. So thank you for setting the stage there, Pete. So let's bring the crystal ball out. Let's grab that off the shelf. Let's take a peek into the crystal ball. What's in store for talking health tech? We talked about COVID and what that has done for a lot of models. You hosting virtual summits. I know I was (laughs) for a while there, I was recording my podcast out of the closet of our guest bedroom because it was nice and quiet in there with a bunch of clothes around it, right? So COVID was wild and it changed a lot of things. And there's a lot of genies that came out of the COVID bottle that we're not going to put in. So a lot has changed. A lot will continue Mm. to change. The acceleration and speed of change is only, you know, getting faster. But with all of that, Pete, and you kind of set the stage a bit, but crystal ball time, what's in store for you and the Talking Health Tech team? Call it even over the next 
18 to 24 to 36 months. What's in store for you guys? Sure. Yeah. Now there's lots of exciting stuff that we've got in mind. And I often need to lean on my team to rein me in a bit because I get excited about things, not just my team, but also rely on the community too, to kind of rein things in. So I often share ideas and like, sounds cool. How about let's just focus on what we're doing right now? Cause I'm like, Oh, we could do this. We could do this. So I'm trying to get better at simplifying things first and then making it kind of work and scalable like anyone does with any business. So we've done a lot. There's a lot of kind of behind the scenes stuff we've been doing at the moment in terms of reducing the amount of logins and stuff that you need to access things. Like we've tried different platforms for events and communities and our own website. So we're consolidating all that into one really clean kind of thing that people can just use without thinking about it. So that's coming up soon, which then builds this good platform. We've got a really slick website that then we can scale out further. We've got a lot of good partnership conversations happening with these groups that can add a lot of value. So I'm really comfortable with where Talking Health Tech fits in terms of the broader ecosystem. Like where it's funny because we sometimes people say, well, don't we already have an industry body for software vendors or we've got an industry body or a community for people who are into health informatics. And I'm like, yes. And I'm also a member of those and a lot of these industry body, and I think they're fantastic. And we're looking at how we partner with those. I'm a director of the Medical Software Industry Association here in Australia through my work with MetaOptimus. So there's a need for a lot of these groups that focus in particular areas. What we've become talking health tech is this grassroots, getting it done, group of vendors, clinicians, all different stakeholders. I got asked recently about, you know, who's the one, the one person that you're speaking to on your podcast? And I struggled with the answer for a bit. Then I realized it's, I'm quite happy with this answer that there's, there's a number of different stakeholders. There's like you as well for this to work. It's not just the startups and it's not just a podcast or a community for hospital executives, because if we just created something for hospital execs, it's like, well, you've got all these little echo chambers going on. So We've seen some awesome conversations come out of the back of all these, you know, different providers coming together, startups and the big end of town. And we're all trying to solve for a, you know, we've chunked it up to what we're trying to solve for. And there's been some great results. So I want to lean into that more in terms of the next 12, 18 months, like you've alluded to. And also we've had some members join from outside of Australia, whether they are companies who are trying to then, you know, who already have a presence here in Australia and want to build that, or even we've got had individuals and we've featured them on the show. We've had some awesome members joined from Pune in India, and we've had a member joined from Hungary and a doctor in Spain. And it's just, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is awesome that, you know, people are coming across. At first, I thought they'd accidentally joined and accidentally kind of done that. And it turns out they genuinely wanted to join. And it made me realize that there is, like you said, there is a need for this in other areas of the world. It's not just a problem to solve in Australia. So I would love to see how we can then do this in an effective way and scale it. But I've started to think about that and I don't want to do it in a in a way that just kind of removes all of this good that's happened. Like we could just open up to anyone to come in and create a community platform and have everyone from the US join. But it's kind of like if we haven't established that same culture that we've got here in Australia and New Zealand for Talking Health Tech, then it kind of just doesn't become the same thing. So there's a lot of thinking now about how we can effectively then scale out to the rest of the world. I'd love to be able to engage with, you know, people outside of this brown land to do that. It's good to be, you know, cognizant of that, being mindful of it, because you know, as well as I do, it can take years to build this up and it could take mo- just mere moments to tear it all down. So I'm glad, you know, rooting you on. I think it's the right way, you know, doing the same thing over here, building community. It's a tough slog, but man, is it just worth it? It is incredible to see the results and what uh, the power of community can do to move this industry forward. So love all of that future, Pete. Of course, 
we might have to do a little check in here down the road to see where things are heading and, uh, you know, keep you honest, right? Cause I know how it is as an entrepreneur, right? You want to do 10,000 different things, but <laughs> glad you're making that commitment to your team to stay focused. I absolutely love it. And speaking of you and the team and, and our community being able to help you, what is that one problem meter question that maybe our community here, again, bulk of our community here is in stateside, but what's one problem meter question that you guys have that we should be thinking about and can help you with? Yeah, I love it. Look, always open to engaging with anyone that, that resonates with some of the things that we've been talking about in this episode today. I'm sure there's a lot of space for partnership. And so it's not about talking health tech, taking over the world. That doesn't overly excite me from my side. It's about solving real problems to create a better healthcare you know, system, particularly from a technology side, there's a big role for it to play. So if there are other people outside of Australia who are new to talking health tech, then check it out. I'll share the details in a second. But I'm keen to work with people who want to fly the flag and whether that's under their own community that they're doing and we can contribute in some way. We've got loads of members in our community who are interested in how they break into other markets, whether it's the UK or the US or other parts of Europe as well, and what to be cognizant of. We try to sometimes feature guests on the show that might talk about that, but having an opportunity for some of our community members to engage directly with some of these providers who can provide some real world insights, that kind of stuff I think makes a big impact. And what I found, like you know as well, when you're thinking about the startup side of things and the early stage vendors, it just takes one conversation or like that one connection. And sometimes it's the one customer that just transforms the business. So if you feel like it resonates with you and if you don't feel like it's going to make a huge impact, you're wrong because it probably will. So get in touch. That would be my one call to action. Yeah. Well, and all plus one that Peter is an incredible ecosystem of innovators and entrepreneurs down in Australia doing some really, really important work, which we covered moments ago on some of those exact examples that Pete laid out. It's a wonderful community. And for a lot of our leaders that are tuning in that are working for health systems or insurance companies that are always looking for that new cutting edge and that next thing that's going to move the needle, do take a peek at the Talking Health Tech community. Incredibly powerful. But of course, Pete and be able for our community to be able to connect and to learn more and to engage and, and to have those conversations. They need to be able to get a hold of you and the team. Where can we find you online? Social media handles, websites or otherwise. How do we track all of you down online? Easy. Go to talkinghealthtech.com and you can find everything there and links to all of our socials. We're quite active on LinkedIn in particular, so follow us on that platform, but we're on all of them. Did you know there's even a Talking Health Tech TikTok account? So we've got a TikTok that's got nearly 100 followers, man. And uh, It's blown I'm, up I'm, over there. Yeah, yeah, it's going hard. So if you're if you're smashing it hard on TikTok, then make sure your followers over there. Too. No, so LinkedIn is probably the most common place to, to check us out. I love it. I absolutely love it. And of course, for our community, just scroll down to your favorite podcast player, click through those links to get a hold of Pete and the team. We'll also have all those listed over on our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode where you can leave comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise for Pete and the Talking Health Tech team. And of course, all of those contact points will be listed there as well. Again, over at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Pete, we have one more piece for you, and then we're going to sign off here. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? Collaboration starts with a conversation. Love it. Absolutely love it. Short, sweet, to the point, yet incredibly important. And I could not agree more. That is so important today if we're going to continue to move our industry forward. So thank you for that, Pete. And of course, 
Pete, thank you so much for taking a pit stop, joining up on our podcast. I've been a big fan of yours for a number of years, rooting you on over here in the U.S. and in Denver, Colorado. I can't wait to continue to hear all the great stuff coming out of your camp. But for now, Pete, thank you so much for being with us today. Loved it, man. Thank you so much for the time. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.